0: Welcome to another episode of HUFC Chat. I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Adam Davison. How are we doing, Davo?
1: Uh, I'm not too bad, given the, uh, the circumstances. Could be better, but yeah, not too bad, mate, yourself?
0: Yeah, not bad, thank you, had it. Lovely Christmas, lovely uh, lovely time at home with the family at the minute, so been enjoying that, but it's best. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about pulls, but we'll leave that for a little bit later. And we are trialling a new kind of way of recording an episode, and the guinea pig is our very good friend, Mr. Mark Carroll, who will join us throughout the episode to add another dimension of Conversation instead of just coming on for a brief spell. So, Mark, how
2: was your Christmas? It was it was good, apart from the football, which was, which is part of the course this season. The football sort of interrupts the you know happiness off the pitch, and it brings you sort of brings you down, your mood down a bit. But um, it's been a nice, quiet, peaceful Christmas. Um, and as I say, you know, on a trip to Wheatleston, I don't know what day it was now, but I had a trip to Wilston, uh, which was eventful. So, you know, it's uh, it's all good, all good.
0: Good stuff. Well, you have mentioned your little trip out there, so it's, I guess, the perfect place to start. Perhaps perfect isn't the word, but Pools travelled to Wilson on Saturday, the 23rd of December. We are recording this on the 27th of December, and... Found themselves 3-0 down, going on to draw 4-all. Callum Cook, Joe Gray, Josh Umrah and Mitch Hancocks getting a last-minute equaliser. Mark, the last time we played Wilson away, I believe, we absolutely battered them 7-2. Yeah. This time was just completely different. Perhaps you can talk us through the day and uh, how it seemed to pan out.
2: Yeah, well... Last time was obviously the COVID season, and last time we actually had a good team. Um, you know, on the Dave of challenge, it, it was a chalk and cheese. Um, yeah, 3-0 down after sort of half an hour. Um, it was probably as bad as it gets, to be honest, watching it, because they looked like they would score every time they came forward. Um, and as I've said to people all the time, I can accept people who, you know, aren't good enough. That except if you're a limited ability, you know, you give your all, I can accept some bad performances. But on that first half an hour, that was a total embarrassment to everybody associated with the football club because I didn't see people putting the extra mile and I didn't see people running hard, challenging people. I saw just a, a total shambles in front of me. Um, and at that point, I was thinking... This is gonna be this is gonna be humiliation we're gonna be facing here. Um thankfully, out of nowhere, we got two goals just before half time. And that changed the complexion of the game. What I'd say is Wheelstone defensively, um, and that game was probably as bad as we were. Because at the point of the second half, the game was like a, a cup final. It just went from end to end like a basketball game. Um and the score could have been anything in the end. Um, but for that half an hour, as I say, um, at 3-0 down, I said at the time, I'm happy we got a point, but I can't be happy with the performance. Even though we got a point, I can't be happy with what I saw because there was times in that 3-0 down, I'm thinking, these players, have their players just given up? Have we given up? Have we stopped playing for the manager? Um, and that's what comes to your mind because when you leave seeing people performer like that you, you start to think this problems more seriously um, than just on the pitch uh, so yeah we got a point but dig in me it was uh, it was it was, it was, it, was al- it was almost a low point of the season and we've had a few of those
0: Yeah Davo before I get your thoughts on, on the fixture Mark as someone amongst a few who travel the country home and away you know get to an awful lot of games spend an awful lot of money awful lot of time awful lot of effort someone stood there on Saturday I mean you must have felt I don't know whether insulted is the right word but how does it make you feel as a supporter when when you've traveled you've gone to all that effort I know it's a pretty obvious question but
2: yeah
0: you know what what are the big emotions coming from you when when you stood there you're looking at 3-0 down and players that seemingly don't really want to be there and, and don't want to put the effort in.
2: Yeah, well, as I say, this is, this is the first season for quite a long time that I've actually missed some away games. And I've missed three this season so far. And that told you how I'm feeling. Um, That first, as I say, when I was watching, I, I was watching people who I thought were an embarrassment to the shirt because I was thinking... You know, for me, I'm 45 year old and by no means have I played at any sort of decent level of football. But I think if I was out there, you, you I wouldn't be good enough. But I'm sure, i am show sure you this, I'd have run around, I'd have, I'd have tackled people, mm. I'd have put the effort in. At the bare minimum, that's what I expect. There's non-negotiables for me, any football team, and those non-negotiables... When none of them were ticked off, in that first half an hour, I looked leaderless. It looked like there was the players were weren't a team, mm. the individuals. Um, it just looked people accepting things were happening in front of them, and there. I goals are going in. I'm looking at people. I'm looking is there something on the pitch who's taking you know taking command of the, the situation, grabbing people, pulling them together. No, I just see people who pick the ball at the batter net, shrug the shoulders, walk at the halfway line, you know, as if it's as if it's some game that doesn't matter to them, um, and that's what hurts me. As I say, there's there's things I can accept, but that half an hour. But we've seen we've seen it in spells and lots of games where home and away, where I've I've seen this play teams. And you really question um, the professionalism. I would say. I think it's the worst thing to say about a player. I question the professionalism of some of them.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, Davo, you're another individual who, perhaps, some would say, is daft enough to uh, follow this football club all over the country. I know you watched the game on on Saturday, and how how were you feeling? Looking at events, the way that was panning out, what what was going through your mind? I mean, I know there's quite a few things flying around in the group chat between us. But, you know, how how are you feeling? Is it on a reflection of the overall result as well? It'd be interesting to know.
1: It was laughable. It was abs- It it was probably one of the worst half an hours I've watched. It was like what Mark said. It was 11 individuals seemingly until the first goal going through the motions getting outplayed by a team like Wilston, which come ever, I would I'd never thought I'd be saying. Every mm. time Wilston came forward, they looked like scoring. The easiness to get in behind us, get shots away. I said in the group chat, I said, this could be 6 or 7, it could be a cricket score, and it looked like it. I mean, fair enough, we scored the goal, a scruffy goal, but like Mark said, it changed the complexion of the game. Going at half-time, Came out in the second half, seemingly played okay, but yeah, I mean, as much as I'm grateful for the point, could have been worse. It it was just embarrassing. It's pathetic. Going to teams like Wilston, shipping four goals, It's, I think it just sums up where we're at at the minute. It really, really does.
0: Yeah, I think it, it certainly reflects, in my opinion, what's going on off the pitch. I think you know, it that's a that's a constant let down and and um, that's transferring onto the pitch. You know, it whether it's a business, whether it's a football club, things start at the top and they filter down its mentality. Whether that's mentality, whether that's the hunger to succeed, whether that's ambition, whatever you may call it, it is clear that there is just no sense of direction at the moment, as far as I see it. And for me, yes, we've drawn four all, but as you both touched on, we've gone 3 nil down to Wheelston. No disrespect to them. You know, we've... I, I, I just can't comprehend the fact that we've gone somewhere. We've scored four and we still haven't won. I think that's another thing. And once again, we find ourselves looking at the defence. And each week, Ascii coming out going, oh, I just don't know what it is. We're working hard on our defence. We're doing this, we're doing that well, it never seems to get any better. So I don't know what type of training or whatever that might be, whether, you know, we spoke to Mickey Barron, didn't we, um, Dabo? I think it was ahead of the Chesterfield game about defence and, you know, that confidence and that mindset that once you get into this habit of just conceding soft goals and, you know, week in, week out, you're shipping a lot. That affects the mentality and, and the confidence in players. And it's such a difficult rut to get out of. And that's... It just keeps going on and on and on. And I'm just sick, sick of it. And, you know, I feel for people like you, Mark, who were there on Saturday. And yes, we got a point. But you see tweeting on, you know, people tweeting and post tweeting about the support and stuff. And I know I I said it on my personal account. You don't deserve it. The lads do not deserve the support that they get. The numbers that turn out week in, week out, putting money in, putting time in putting effort in wherever they may travel from whether in the town whether they have season tickets whether they get a ticket week by week basis whatever that might be they do not deserve the support i think it's just an insult to people who travel it chucks everything that the fans give back in the face and sadly where we are currently the results are reflecting um how much of a of a dive, nosedive, this club has taken since the promotion back to the football league. Now, Mark, you were actually one of the first ones I think to tweet this out. It was late year, uh, Fabrizio Romano, the other day when the trust sent an email out about the um, the potential consortium. So I'll just read that out. Um, I think it was sent as an email. So it said, "Dear HUST member, HUST is pleased to announce that we have successfully." ...brought together a consortium which has provided initial proof funds to HFC's chairman. This is a big positive step, but it is only the first step in a complicated process involving several parties. There is still no guarantee of success... And Mr Singh, who has been good to work with over the last few weeks, remains in charge of the club. While nobody has made a commitment yet, the initial proof of funds will allow the consortium to talk with HFC in the coming weeks and to review some initial high-level information. After that, the consortium members may set up a formal structure and approach HFC with a proposal. Even then, a careful checking process known as due diligence would be needed. As we're still at an early stage, the other members of the consortium would prefer to remain anonymous for now. This is partly because the exact makeup of the consortium could change as we move through the chain of events outlined above. We can say that we're delighted to have found a group of partners who are all supporters of Pills and have strong family ties to our club or our town. They also bring the skills which complement each other and a shared approach to the way they would like to work. Everyone involved wants to build a successful club that the whole town can feel proud of and be part of. We should add that as a democratic organisation, Hust will consult all members to a vote before committing to any definite course of action. Mark, yeah. what did you feel reading that on the way back from Wheelston? Were you positive? Are you slightly hesitant with the fact that, you know, it still could all not go through?
2: Well, it was nice just to get some sort of an update because I remember when the trust members had come to speak to you, you, Jack, in, in Davo, they'd said that they were given a time limit, time scale, to get back to Raj Singh with. So that had obviously passed. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That obviously passed. So you, you're you waiting for some sort of update. You know, have they managed to get a group of people together? The good thing is that, that obviously, the trust will have supported these people in quite in depth. And you've got a bit more belief that the people who were actually interested are actually got the club at heart rather than a Gary Coxall or, you know, some property developer from London who you you might be suspicious of. You'd hope the Trust being involved would give it a bit more, you know, give the the supporters maybe a bit more confidence that these are the right sort of people to take the club forward. So it's good to get an update. Um, Obviously, things can change. I think they've said themselves, people who may do Drop out of the consortium. You might get people who might, when they get information, might join. Mm. Um, the main thing for us is we need, we obviously need some individuals who can actually fund the club. But what we still don't want is just to be treading water, do we? You know, we don't, we don't want to tread water. We want. I don't expect uh, um, multi-million of pounds being spent, mm. but we need to be competitive in this league yeah. first and foremost. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, hopefully you can get done. How long these things take, though, Jack? Because, you know, in the meantime, it's results on the pitch that mm-hmm. are critical. Um, and, you know, there's, a, there's recruitment needed. But as I always say to people, on the other hand, Rash Singh could probably say, if you were selling a, a business, a house, anything, are you going to spend money on that object that you want to sell? Mm-hmm. You know, if he's want, if he's if he's said he's going to fund the club in the short term, is he willing to invest more money into that more than more than enough to just keep things ticking over? But if Rasing has any has any has any sort of thing in his mind to want to leave with something positive. He cannot surely be watching that as me and you are and thinking this is this is go- this is not going to change without some players coming in um It's whether does he does he back the current manager because if he doesn't back the current manager, that's another thing. Is he willing to pay money to relieve him of his duties, which would have some financial impact. So we've been stuck in a bit of limbo here, but there's still results to be played. And we don't have to look too far in the future for four critical matches that we've got back to back. So it's positive. It's just how quickly this can be done. If Raj Singh is desperate to leave the football club, like the noises that have been put out, then you would hope he will help accelerate the process.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
0: Fingers crossed, Mark. Some points very well made there. And unfortunately, we do have to turn our focus back to results and the lack of competitiveness on the pitch. Obviously, Boxing Day, we're at home. We're at home to Oldham and we go on to lose 3-1. 1-0 up early on. Ironically, I just said to – I was with my mum and I said – I wonder whether pulls are conceded yet. And I checked and it came through just as I'd said that and pulls has actually gone one nil up. Yes. And I was in a state of shock, I think, to be all to be honest with you, because it's not very often this season we've seen pulls, you know, apart Chesterfield, yes, but we we haven't gone up one nil that quick in a very long time. It's usually one or two nil down. And on his hundredth appearance, Joe Gray, the man who scored the goal, fantastic ball through from Hancocks, so I must say. Um but then we go on in true typical Pills fashion to shoot ourselves in the foot. Perhaps yep. Davo will start with you. Yep. Give us your assessment, please, on proceedings on Boxing Day.
1: Well, where do I even start? Seemingly, water is wet. Poles have lost. And the same crap continues for yet another game. We get the early goal for a change. We set the tone nicely, and I generally thought, here we go. Here we go. And funnily enough, obviously, you went there, Jack. But I was going on the corner flag. I'd actually text you this, bro. I must have told God knows how many people in the corner flag gets today. Do you know what? This stinks of a HFC win. Did.
0: That's the reason we lost, probably, because you said that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling, obviously, yeah. But no, within four, five, six minutes, everything that we did was undone. I don't think Alden will score three easier goals this season. It's absolutely embarrassing. He'll the mind- it's the whole mindset of, we concede a goal, right, that's it. I mean, the first goal from a throw-in, I mean, two people around the guy and he still manages to play an inside ball into the box. It's played across goal, flicked on and won all. The second goal... For me, that's that's unforgivable from Manny o. It's absolutely embarrassing. It's careless. Literally, you can see what he's trying to do, but he'd rather just stand there. He, he doesn't even go to Norwood to try and close off the ball. Easy goal for Norwood, doesn't miss. And then the third goal from the corner from Cook, and I think it was Patterson who were actually marking or trying, trying, I emphasise, to tackle the bloke. He turned, takes them to out the game, all across, in by Norwood, it's just, it was just embarrassing, it's, we're not good to watch, there's no authority stamped on the team, there's no style, I don't understand some of the tactics, I don't understand some of, it, of his some of his expectations of certain players, I just think, with some of the questions that he's asking of these players and of the team, I genuinely believe he's killing us, I genuinely believe John Askey is killing us at the minute.
0: Mark? Big
1: statement, that, but would you agree with it?
2: Well, I am saying, I'm, I'm I'm losing faith, definitely. I'm losing faith. I think as well as John Askey, you've got to point the finger at his coaching staff. I mean, obviously John Askey makes a final call, but you can't allow the people behind him just to just to absolve themselves of blame because he's the man in charge. They're coaching the place still. Um, but what we've heard there, I'm afraid it could apply to majority of the teams who play this season. We give goals to people like sort of fashion. You if we if we had the if we had the, the bravery to watch some of the goals back that we've conceded, then they are the simplest goals that you could you could believe. Mm-hmm. It's simple, straight straight balls down the middle, can't deal with the straight long ball can't deal with the crossing of the box, can't deal with a set-piece. It, it's just damning. And, you know, we've played, we've tried various players in various positions, um, but it, it certainly comes down to one thing. I do not see, amongst all the players we've put in there, a natural leader in the defence. And I can recall really good teams in the past. Mickey Barron was in teams where we had a captain but we had another three or four people on the pitch who weren't frightened to voice their opinion and weren't frightened to lead people. Um, I don't see no communication between people and the goals are, are an embarrassment. Honestly, an embarrassment. And The problem we've had as well is just a shame out of loan players who keep coming in for a month you know, or a bit longer. I've got nothing against the likes of Jack, Zach Johnson, but that is, We do not need totally inexperienced players. You're putting an experienced player into a team, in a defence, that is a complete shambles and expecting him to do something miraculously, where I'm afraid it needs a, an older head. And you know, some's daft, it needs people who can actually, you've said this, who can do the basics, Jack. They can head a ball, they can attack a ball, they can they can they can talk yeah. to people around them. Don't have to be Paolo Maldini, you know. They just they just have to be the bog standard national league defender. And we've seen them come to this ground, and we've seen them dominate our, you know, apart from Money D, we've seen them dominate our our attacking um, players. You know, that's what we need. And to, for the life of me. I cannot understand why at the start of the season. I'm not saying in hindsight. said the people from for in the summer. Why he didn't address that problem? 78 goals last season, Jack, against better quality opposition, and 25 games now, 50 goals conceded. You cannot win a game if you concede with threes and fours every single game. It is absolutely ridiculous. In to just to allow it to continue and and say, well, you know, we're working on it. Uh, We know what the problems are, but we can't do anything about it, or whatsoever's effect. I'm I'm baffled. I really am baffled to to hear stuff like that, and I can maybe understand why he didn't face a precious day, because everything he says, sadly, you could just play the previous week. He doesn't say anything, you know, that's that you haven't heard before, and it becomes boring. It becomes repetitive, and it just annoys people. You know, it really does annoy them. And he's got to say something. That's why he put Sweeney up. But what can what can Sweeney say? Any different? You know, than John Askey, Really, they all they all can't avoid the elephant in the room, and that is the, the the strikers, the attacking side, is probably okay. You know, if Manny D's injured. That's you know, you cannot you cannot leave him out and not bring somebody else in. As easy as to say you've got to try and address it. And I'm saying we're the national league, we're not looking for, you know, players we just players for this level. But it's the defence and if you can't stop those goals going in, you know, it doesn't matter because I'm, i I cannot believe that we can get a defence that's that just looks organised and can keep clean sheets. And one clean sheet in his time in charge, it really does sort of bring questions upon him. That, no, that we've got one clean sheet. It's it is really is it's something to be not just embarrassed about. It's something to be shamed of. Now,
0: one hundred percent, Mark. And you alluded to it there, and I, I won't harp on about it because I think. Quite a few people probably know my views on on the topic of leadership and is David Ferguson captain material. And I would agree with the 85% of you that have voted today saying no, needs changing now. And Mark, you said in the piece there when you were talking about how it's the responsibility of different individuals. Like the captain is the captain. You have that overall leadership. You've got to be communicating we all know the role of a captain, but you also have to have others that need to step up into that role. The likes of Callum Cook, the likes of Nicky Featherston, people like that. And for me, the captain, you look at results this season, right? York away, and I'm talking from August onwards where we've been poor. York away when we won. We had Nicky Featherstone as captain that day, albeit because Fergie was suspended, but Nicky Featherstone was captain. And look at how we played. Look at how organised we looked. Look how composed we were. The football we were playing... Yes, York are a very poor side, but so were we at the time, let's be honest, and we were struggling for a result. But the way we turned up that day and the composure and the communication was on a different level to anything we've seen. And every single time Poe's conceded a goal, Fergie does the same flipping thing, head down, just kind of walks back to the touchline and doesn't want to know. No, if you are captain of this football club, you communicate, you tell people, you know, to shape up, whatever that might be. I don't want someone who's just going to shout all the time because we've had people like that in the past. Simon Walton was a bit of an example of it where he just shouted, shouted, shouted. It never seemed to have any effect. But you need someone as club captain who is going to be leading. And I'm not being funny, and I know I'll probably get a bit, not abuse, but people will probably disagree with what I'm about to say. But for me, Matty Dolan is a much better, and there's a reason why he was initially made club captain, would be much better on that pitch because not only does he know what it means to play for this football club, but he's experienced. He will communicate with people. He will bring that composure. And I just really, I think it says a lot and it actually, from a personal point of view, reflects on Askey and his links into his tactics and the way he goes about certain things. If he still thinks that David Ferguson is a good captain, then he's got something wrong in his head. Because I don't see any leadership um, you know, in his performances. And funny enough, we did have a comment from Dougie on Twitter who actually did say that he, he'd said this at the start of the season um, in regards to the fact that Fergie is not the same player when he has the captain's armband. And he's not because you can see that in the performances. He does not perform as well. Plus, it seems to hold him back because he can't do both roles. And as you've said, Mark, on numerous occasions, if a player is of a certain quality, and unfortunately, we know how good Fergie can be. We've seen that in the National League season that we were successful, and also when we got promoted back to the Football League, how much he was contributing. But when you give him the captain's armband, he just completely disappears off the face of the earth, in my opinion. And I never, ever thought I'd say these words, but I'd rather have Brodie Patterson at left-back and David Ferguson and I know Mark I can see your face and uh, you know I know it's a very bold statement but I'm sick to death of his lack of performances and his lack of leadership but before I blow a gasket I think we'll swiftly move on Um we'll just finish off with a couple of the polls um that we put out as well so we asked do you think John Askey should be sacked 44% of you have said yes he needs to go have said, I don't know what's right to do. 17% and a very small amount have said, no, we'd be stupid to get rid of him. And then following on from that, if you voted for him to go, does the whole management team need to go? 47% of you, just under half, have said, yes, they're part of the problem. 43% have said Sweeney for the interim. And 10% have said no. Now, Mark, in a minute... Can yep. you tell me your thoughts on Askey, whether he has to go, yep. and also whether Sweeney's has to go also? And the um,
2: I think I would give Askey two more games, right. all them Oxford City at home, to, to 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 save his save his job. Um, if he was to go, then as I say, you've upset people about David Ferguson. I'm going to upset some people about Tony Sweeney and say. He's a legend of the club. He's one of my favourite players I've, I've seen play for this club. He knows what the club means to supporters, but he has been part of Keith Kerr, John Esky, previous managers where the where it's not been good enough. And I truly believe that there's a time we have to we have to have a clean slate, a clean sweep, and do things that are in the best interest of the football club and look beyond personalities and and people that you may love. And I, Tony Sweeney's a player. I love him. It's some news from the town. He knows what it means. But for the benefit of the football club, if John Askey was to go, then I think that the coaching staff around him have to have to be responsible. So there's my thoughts. I think he's got two games to save his job.
0: Brilliant. Davo, I want this even quicker from you. I want, is it Askey in or out? And does Sween's and the backroom staff have to go also? Yes or no to both plays?
1: See, this is very difficult. I'm leaning more towards he should be sacked. It's a results business. We're not getting results. And I'd said to you, and I've said it quite a few times, I said it yesterday, if it wasn't for this takeover sh- stuff, he would have been sacked a long time ago. That's my opinion. I agree with Mark. I would give him a couple more games, see if anything happens. is back now. Can he inspire something? Does Sweeney go? I love the bloke. He's a legend. But maybe Mark's right. Maybe it's time now for a fresh start, a clean slate, so to speak. It's I've said it numerous times, something has to give.
0: There we are. Something there we has have to it. Give. Yeah, I mean, I'm aligned with both of you in terms of if ASCII goes, the backroom staff go, because they are part of that think tank, so to speak, to use a, a modern term. Now, for me, I agree, Davo, if it wasn't for the takeover and, and the situation that we had off the pitch, I think you would have been gone by now. And as Mark, you've said on numerous occasions on Twitter, it's a result of business. We have not got points recently, we've been absolutely I can't remember the exact figure but it is embarrassing Um, I think it's
2: 12 points Jack from 15 matches, I mean, 12 it's two wins and a a couple of draws I think it's two wins and a few draws
0: Yeah, there we have it then so for me, Asci out unfortunately, you know I agree, I love Sweenes, I think he's a fantastic bloke, he knows what the football club means but sadly he is part of that group, so there we have it the end of another episode of hfc chat we will bring out another special bonus one before the new year is in where we'll look back on probably very few highlights of 2023 this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk
1: sport powered by fans